Good evening. Welcome to the Elite Dynasty Podcast. Um, more than happy to be here after what feels like ages of a hiatus, especially with our, our one co-host sitting right across from me, Addison Elko. Yeah, welcome. I'm happy to be back. Now, welcome to be back. Happy to be back. Why don't you tell the people where you were, what you were up to? I was in California for two weeks uh, with my girlfriend, and we were just kind of driving the coast of California, went to Vegas for three days. It was a lot of fun. Hit a lot of stops in California, and then ended with a beach wedding in Laguna. Sounds amazing. Sounds almost like a fairy tale vacation. It was. I mean, it's like a common vacation, driving the Pacific Coast Highway and making all those stops, but planned it out very well, went without a hitch. Like, literally, like, no bad weather, no flight delays, which is amazing for me, and it was pretty awesome. But happy to be back in the, in the lab. Absolutely. And Chad Patterson, the man to my left, how you doing? Doing well. Uh, you forgot to mention you were repping the Elite Dynasty podcast shirt. I was. On the other side I of didn't the wear it as much country. as I wanted to, just because... I don't know, just get lost in my bag, but I wanted to wear it and interview people, but unfortunately my camera woman was too uh, shy to naturally, do naturally. that in public. Of course. But maybe next time I'll, I'll figure out a way to do it myself. How many random high fives and hugs did you get while wearing the shirt? It was like two, like I wanted to enjoy the scenery and the beach, but I just kept getting bombarded with mm-hmm. other people asking like, can I get your autograph? Or, mostly yeah. hugs, just random of course. hugs. Yeah. Um, which was nice. But, you know, it kind of took away a little bit from the vacation. You know, Gabby got jealous a little bit. The female attention, all the naturally. Female's attention, yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, I, I handled it well and, you know, told them to check out the episode you guys were doing even without me. So yeah. We did We did get one in at least. At least it yeah, hasn't been too long off the air. We had live reaction to uh, Spencer Ware blowing out his knee. I'm still devastated from that. I haven't really recovered mentally. I'm sorry, man. It's all right, man. I'll, I'll, I will at some point. But that's in another league. We don't care about that. There's we plenty of other leagues. League. Correct. All right, you're you're absolutely right. So that being said, we have we have quite a long show because we've we've taken a little bit of time off, but we wanted to fill it with with the most updated information because we have live actual football that counts this week. Oh. I could not be more excited. Twenty one episodes later, and we have real football. We uh. have real football, and that's literally the sounds and the emotions that you're hearing in the background oh. is what I'm feeling. <laughs> Every day this week. And it's, kind of it's, it's awesome. we started this podcast like that far away from football. Right? Like we played the weird, like a, not an awful time, but like a long tease. Well, that's, in, Di- that's in Dynasty here. though. That's 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 what we're here for. We're Dynasty. We don't just start in the season. We're all year long. All we these are. posers that are drafting on August 26th, get out of my face. We did a pretty good job filling in like random December months. I agree. We did great. Yeah. yeah. And now it's going to kind of transition to not like a redraft podcast, but less dynasty talk. Absolutely. You know, the rookies are on the on the back burner now. It's all about winning the title. So, winning the title. And then also, if you're like me, who's not even close to a title, some some deep stashes that you might want to consider if you're uh, if you're out of the running and winning course, for next and season. There'll be assets to trade dynasty-wise if you're not a contender. But for the most part, it's going to be, you know, all the teams that are just looking for that title. So a lot of redraft, you know, focus, but... Still with some di- dynasty. Parts. I'm realizing now that December made no sense. We haven't recorded in December yet. I meant to say like March or April. No, we understood completely, and I, I wasn't gonna. We weren't gonna I, say anything. You but you wanted to bring out. it up. I, I, didn't, yeah, I didn't even know enough. That no, I, d- I wanted to just keep moving on with the podcast. But it's all you, man. If you wanted to bring it to light, that's completely fine. No, we haven't done December yet. It's gonna be devastating in the cold, but at the same time, it's coming to the playoffs in the cold, so it might be worth well, it. Winter Ooh. is coming, and winter meetings. Winter's here, Chad. Have you been watching the show? Winter's here. Oh, I've been watching. Good to know. 
Uh, so let's look at what we're going to be talking about uh, for the next 45 to 60 minutes, possibly over because of the amount of info we have. So we'll start with some news and notes. Uh, we'll go into trades and bets. We've had an excessive amount of trades. I think everyone's trying to cut down their rosters, and that really sparked that for the uh, original season. We have one bet. Um, we're going to talk about our projections. Um, our very own Addison Elko and Chad Patterson were able to put up a nice power ranking with our own knowledge on our blog. So check out that. That's been recently released and is live with some excellent, definitely flattering photos of everyone in the league. <laughs> um, we'll talk about uh, some predictions and we'll uh, jump into next week. You guys ready to uh, to dive in? Yeah. Let's dive in. I love everything about that. And that was super creepy. Um, what is also <laughs> creepy is unfortunately... Hurricanes, it's hurricane season right now, and they're drastically impacting not only everyone's lives, which obviously our thoughts and prayers go out to everyone in Houston and everyone else uh, in any other area that's been impacted by the hurricanes, but football has also been impacted. The NFL has recently come out today and advised that the Miami-Tampa Bay game will actually be postponed to Week 11, which has enormous fantasy impacts, Mm -hmm. especially... For both teams, have a lot of dynasty assets: Jameis Winston, Mike Evans, um, Devontae Parker. A lot of people check out Jai, Jay Collar. There's a lot of guys out there that have significant fantasy impact. What are your What are your thoughts on the situation? Are Are you Are you okay with this? Are you going to be able to recover? I know me personally, it definitely impacts specifically with Jameis Winston. I had Charles Sims starting because my team is very bad. How about yourself? Yeah, it definitely impacts me too. I'm playing our handsome co-host to my left here. And I had Jarvis Landry and Cameron Brait. So there goes my wide receiver two, arguably wide receiver one, and uh, my tight end one. So had to, uh, you know, luckily enough, I, I drafted uh, Austin Hooper knowing I was thin at tight end, so I'm sticking him there now. Um, and I traded for CJ Prosai, so I'm sticking him in the flex. So, you know, obviously I'd rather have Landry and Brait, but I think I'm compensating kind of for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not ideal, but... Um, it it kind of sucks because now they have to play sixteen straight games. Both of those. Teams. I was thinking that, that this counts as their buy. That was my that was me my point. Like an under the radar impact can be like injuries or limited mm. usage later in the season. Yeah, especially two teams that can realistically be in it for a playoff run. Um, I think both these teams are. You know, some experts have them as like a dark horse wild card team. So, um, you know if. They have to play 16 straight weeks. I think Miami plays in London one week. Like you got to worry about how they're going to be playing after that game. That was going to be their bye week. So that's I think for fantasy, you're going to be keeping more an eye on their fatigue and you know possibly more injuries. Like I said, or just limited usage if they want to split more carries and because they don't get that week 11 bye week or whatever it was going to be. Yeah. That you know can help guys get healthy. So I don't know. I think that'll have more of an impact honestly than week one is. I don't know. It's kind of a crapshoot anyway. NFL teams are kind of figuring themselves out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you had to replace Winston with uh, Bradford or even Bortles on the bench, might not be the worst thing. Probably has more of an impact later on. So, not impacted by me, but I'm curious to see how it's going to play out later in the season. Yeah, I think it impacts you, Eric, more than it does me because you're playing a team that you could possibly win against. Correct. Like, I think I have a longer shot to win against Ad. But I think that your matchup with... I, I think this is the only game I can possibly win. I don't know about only. I think you can sneak sneak one or two wins during the season. But, I agree. you know, it, it's, it sucks more for you, I feel like. Because you're losing Sims and who else? And Jameis. And Jameis. You do have, have Daddy. You have Matt, Matt I have Daddy. Daddy. Who's yeah. your RB2 now? 
Um, so honestly, my RB2, I, w- I was probably going to put Sims in my flex. My RB2 is is actually Hill and, well, Rawls oh, is right, out. Oh, right, right, right. Well, actually, Rawls might not play, so it's actually kind of devastating. So maybe, like, Kenny Drake. Well, you have Lockett in there right now. Yeah. Projected alarm, 11 points. He's he's projected like a wide receiver one. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm not upset about it. That's why I traded the first for it. I knew. Hashtag I knew. I mean, you're still within six projected points. We'll see. It's going to be it's gonna be a close game. I need Kojak's team to be devastated. We'll talk matchups a little later. but Of course, of course. A little teaser there. Uh, so moving into another devastating uh, news item for possibly number two, number three, even maybe number one quarterback out there. Andrew Luck is officially ruled out for week one. I mean, we knew his injury was was serious, that they were kind of proceeding with caution throughout the offseason. Now it's official that he's out for week one, and he still has no timetable for return. In, in my eyes, this is very concerning. At this point, if you have not already, you need a backup plan. And he, he's currently listed as an IR player. He hasn't even been designated to return, anything like that. He's currently on the IR. So at this point, if you have not come up with a backup plan, you absolutely need one. Um, I know in another dynasty league I'm in, we did the exact same thing. We took care uh, of free agency. We immediately went at a Tom Savage and Scott Tolzien because we needed something, especially in a super flex league like that one. But it's, it's, it's a devastating news injury. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's not ideal for the Colts. Um, they're taking on the Rams. Um, but, I mean, as far as fantasy implications, it sucks for, like, a T.Y. Hilton or, like, a Dante Moncrief. Because mm-hmm. Scott, Scott Tolzien isn't going to get it done. And he's he's nothing more than a backup quarterback. You know, can he come in against a Rams defense that probably won't have Aaron Donald, which is a positive. Yeah. Um, but I, I would be weary starting, like, a T.Y. Hilton. I think it impacts everyone. Look at all the people that went and drafted Jack Doyle high because of the seasons that he had True. last year. Even Frank Gore, too. How many people are going to load in the box? It's, I it's, doubt your team's in a position where you cannot play Hilton, but you got to think a lot of Gore for this week with the backup quarterback in but there. But how, how efficient, though? Yeah, but he's he's one of those guys you can pound the rock with him. I know he's older, but you know maybe you start seeing some early week one Mac action just because they need to run the ball more and they don't want to overuse Gore. But I agree. Sucks if you have Hilton or any of the other receivers. Um, or if you have luck. Greg has luck in our league. You know, luckily he draft, He kind of anticipated this, drafted uh, Eli Manning in our draft. But yeah. there's there's guys on our waiver wire that are startable. So I think, it. you know, you don't want it to be more than a week. But this can definitely have huge fantasy implications to someone like Rodgers with, you know, not that deep of a bench and needing Hilton to step up, getting rid of Elliman and... Uh, and uh, what was he? Uh, Landry, Landry. You. So he needs him. Yeah. Um, you also mispronounced um, Jim Brown Turbin. I think you said like oh, Mac or yeah, something. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah. just think about that next my time. My bad, my bad. Um, so moving into running back news, um, we touched upon this last episode because it happened live, but we never had an official ruling. Spencer Ware is officially ruled out for season. Devastating blow for him. He's a young guy, finally was having his chance, coming with a lot of hype this season because he, he, he was strong last year. He was a good running back last year. And I think one of the major battles of the offseason in training camp was the Hunt and Ware battle. A mm-hmm. lot of people were tuning into that. A lot of people love Hunt, uh, including myself. Uh, Chad, I know you, you drafted him as well. Mm-hmm. This propels Hunt. I, I, we've been seeing him go in like the third round of startup drafts and redrafts, which is crazy. It's, it's crazy. crazy. It is crazy. He's, he's thrusting the opportunity. He's going to have a chance to do something with it. Any, anything you want to shed light on? I mean, I love it as yeah, a hunt owner. He's in an Andy Reid backfield. You know he likes to feature backs. Um, I think he's going to eat. 
Um, still, Turkendrick Tur- West is still there to kind of spell him, change the pace kind of back. Um, but Kareem Hunt's going to get a shot. Yeah. And this is exactly what I needed as far as a rebuilding piece. Um, I was, you know, we were looking back at other power rankings, and I had, like, no RB1 at one point. Now I have Hunt and Carlos Hyde both kind of emerged during the offseason training camp. Mm-hmm. And um, now I feel, I'm feel i feeling pretty good in my running back's position. I have an RB1 in both spots. So um, I'm super stoked about it. You know, it sucks if he if, – I feel like if he gets off to a slow start, um, I probably miss my opportunity to sell high because he's he is – Oh, yeah. You can the, get a, the hype get a is, lot. The hype is crazy. Hype is it's really crazy. That's what I'm most surprised about is the hype because I'm just surprised how much opportunity has changed the value of somebody. Because you think about last year's draft, we all knew that Derrick Henry wasn't going to get immediate playing time, and he was still going top five. So that that's where scenario or opportunity didn't matter. Hunt is still going late, usually late, round one rookie drafts. And given the opportunity, which obviously is huge, you need opportunities to be impactful, but it's just, I mean, he probably would go top five in rookie drafts now. It's just crazy. The hype is there. And I don't know if people are just solely focusing on the opportunity or now or like, oh, who's this guy and loving his talent. But yeah, I'm not, I, I don't think I would take him as high as other people are in redrafts per se, but yeah, huge for, huge for you, Chad. Yeah. It just, you know, propels you from, like you said, having no starting running backs, possibly flirting with last place to securely not going to come in last place. And I think for a team in your situation, that's all I really want to avoid. Because mm-hmm. for a rebuilding team, it doesn't matter if you come in 8th or 13th. Right. So, yeah, great for you. I don't even remember who I'd wear in our league. Kojak? Kojak, mm-hmm. yeah. So that, given the trades that we're going to talk about, just... Enormous for me, week got, one. Yeah. Enormous very, for me, Very big one. for you. So, yeah. I mean, could you sell high on on Hunt right now? you probably get a lot for him. Probably I'm can. curious what you can get from Riggio for him right now. But I think it's worth the wait. Riggio's too stingy. That's the issue. He'll try to be. He'll try to sell you the other way. If Rob had picks, you'd be able to get Rob's entire team. Rob loves Hunt. Rob, but Ridge loves youth. He does love youth. That's a good point. That's a good so, point. send it. Send a trade offer to Ridge. I don't want to trade him. I'd what rather you, take a shot on. What him. if you can get Rid, uh, Eric's first for him? What if you can get yeah, like a first and something else? I don't think he would do that, but I mean, it's worth. I guess it's worth an offer. Yeah. Do you see my team? It's not good. <laughs> Uh, moving on to another enormous, enormous deal from, well, actually, no, we're going to talk about it on this podcast, but enormous deal um, for newly owned Ezekiel Elliott. Um, he looks like he's going to play week one. Definitely playing week one. He's definitely going to play week one, mm-hmm. which is enormous. Zeke is a, a top five dynasty player right now, points-wise, situation-wise, everything-wise. And it's it's awesome for Josh, after he went out and got him, yeah. the fact that he's actually going to play. Well, we have to see what... So, I feel like there's, like... When this happens, especially with the Brady case and with all these, it's like, you're, someone's going to sue, and there's a countersuit, and there's going to countersuit that. And I honestly kind of get lost in the in the the lawyer jargon through all this, and who's suing who and whatnot. But the six-game suspension was upheld. So, it seems as though he's... Because of the time frame at which this ruling came in, he's allowed to play week one. Which, like, there was, like, a pseudo-deadline that was unconfirmed, and then it seemed like it was actually legit, because he is playing Week 1. So, that was kind of confusing as well, but he's playing Week 1, but it still looks like Weeks 2 to 7, because they have a bye week in the middle of that, are still up in the air. 
And I think he's fighting right now for some type of restraining order from this... I don't know the whole thing, but this could be a Brady situation where they can't touch him for this year, and then he'll serve his six games or reduce suspension next year. So if you're, you know, if you're drafting him in redrafts, I think anything the second round you're taking him. And then Josh has McFadden, so I don't think... Probably as a Cowboys fan, he wants Zeke, obviously. And for fantasy, he's obviously better than McFadden. But he has both, so I don't think this really impacts him too much. Maybe four points per week, which is which can result in a, in a win or loss, but at least he has the elite handcuff. So I don't think he's, you know, stressing that too much over the judges' ruling, but... Yeah, it's just interesting to see. I don't understand the six games. I don't understand any of this, honestly, but... The thing for me is, like, what if he... Like, what if all of, everything gets settled, he still gets six games, but it happens, like, week eight. And then he's out, like, in the second half of the season. I would season. hope the Cowboys, at that point, if it got to that point, would have to be smart enough to just either take it earlier if they know they have no shot yeah. at winning, or prolong, like, you can't let it, you can't let that happen. Because then, even in real football, you're just jeopardizing your playoff hopes, as it is. But yeah, that would suck. That is the risk of drafting him in the first round of redrafts is that this thing does get pushed long enough and he comes back from suspension, it could be during your playoffs. You'd almost rather knock it out in the beginning of the season. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. 1 million percent. As a Cowboys Absolutely. fan, I own Zeke in one league. I'd rather get it out of the way. I mean, I'm happy. I'm very, actually, I'm, I'm happier how this played out because they get to play the Giants with this game. Big, obviously, division games are huge, so I love that, that they, he gets to play the Giants. But, yeah, I'd rather get out of the way now and have him for the playoffs in both so, fantasy and real life. So, same with Dynasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if you're any kind of owner, yeah. you just get out of the way, hope your team can just float it mm-hmm. above 500 without him, and then finish strong yeah. and make the playoff. Wait, wait, we spoke about that on the last podcast, too. Like, I would still, no, if, if we actually knew the defined suspension and it was the first half, I, would still, I was still taking him in the first round, late yeah. in the first round. Okay. Um, so moving on to another uh, notable running back news, Jeremy Hill, officially listed as the week one starter. Um, so, I mean, we we kind of knew that was coming. Um just because that's what's been happening in training camp, and Marvin Lewis is slow to play rookies. But Joe Mixon's going to get sprinkled in there, and he's going to do well, and he's going to overtake this job very, very shortly. Um, do you have any disagreements with that? I, I still think Mixon's the back to own in this backfield, and I'm a Hill owner. Oh, oh I, I, I agree yeah. with that, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, you can take it. No, no, I mean, I've, I've been saying that for a couple of weeks that I think it takes rookie, unless you're Fournette, some rookie running back, some time to get the offense. Most can't block, so they just lose plenty of time that way. Mm-hmm. And I think... Mixon was going into a backfield, which we knew already had some talent. Yeah. It was different than a Cook and Fournette. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, for you, week one where you need to win, huge for you. Huge for me. Absolutely. So, I, I don't think if you're a Mixon owner, this is anything to be concerned about. If you're a Hill owner, this shouldn't give you any false confidence to, you know, love the guy. This is this is just kind of what I expected, honestly. Yeah, like, Mixon didn't have the best preseason either. No. So, I think, I just don't think he won the job from Jeremy Hill yet. I but, think he, but he will. He, he, he probably he will. will. He, he, he definitely, definitely will. will. He definitely he's will, more but. talented than Jeremy Hill. He just needs to come in and show what he's been doing in college. Right, but Jeremy Hill knows the playbook. He's been there for years. Exactly. Like, you got to start with Jeremy Hill. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree, and hopefully he uh, snakes some TDs, which would uh, give me a win. Moving on to another notable rookie news. Uh, Jeremy McNichols gets cut. Shocker. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, no one saw that coming. I mean, but he, he announced in that, that fake article that we made up that he was a subpar player and really didn't deserve oh, to beat out Charles true, Sims. True. Yeah, yeah, he did say So that. he even called it himself in that fake, definitely not real news article. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, now he's on the 49ers practice squad, which, like you said, you would assume he would land somewhere or you would hope he would land somewhere with opportunity. He's kind of buried there in, in San Francisco. It's not like he's going to have an opportunity that I foresee behind 
Hyde, Breda, um, uh, Joe Williams, and then I believe they have one more back. I'm just blanking out. I know they cut Hightower. But yeah, he's kind of buried there, which is kind of upsetting because he was a talented back. He just clearly was not able to pick up the playbook, and, and Derek Carter was not number, happy about number that. Number 22 picked in our rookie draft. So, I mean, Nick, we criticized Nick on his lack of bench, complimented him on him acquiring a bunch of seconds. Now it's looking like a Mikey G. That running back backfield is still unclear on what's going on there. And now his second pick of the draft gets cut. So It's not it, ideal. It's pretty it's... notable, and it just shows you, I mean, like, you get the rookie fever and you love it. Not every rookie pans out. It's yeah. just, it doesn't happen. And unfortunately, this was kind of the first of the first to mid-second round tier, which we kind of have, like, that's where all the talent was in that kind of grouping, even the end of second round, to really get cut and seemed like to be just a boss. Like, I don't... I don't, yeah, I don't do you know. see him recovering from this yeah, at all? It's going to be it's gonna be tough, especially uh, on the 49ers with, you know, with Brietta kind of breaking out a little bit in the preseason. But Joe Williams hasn't really shown anything either. So, you know, maybe those two are competing for, for like, RB3 in the depth chart. But, I mean, at least he landed somewhere. I mean, you could see you could see in hard knocks that he, he was struggling to learn the playbook. He was struggling to pick it up. He was... I, I think the uh, uh, report came out that he was fumbling a lot. Yep. Um, he's probably overwhelmed. He's, he's overwhelmed. He's just down. not ready. So, you know, Nick took him at, like you said, 22. Took him over Marlon Mack, James Conner, Cooper Cup, and Juju Smith-Schuster. You'd rather have all four of those guys over him. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he drafted Juju, but... Oh, correct. He, yeah, but he, yeah, said, yeah, he still I took did. him over. You yeah, know, yeah, get yeah. him later. Yeah. yeah. But it just goes to show, it's a, it's a lottery. It's a coin flip. Well, once is. you get that late in the draft... Yeah, I, last year we all remember I picked 16 through 20, and all of them busted. Literally every single one. I had five straight picks. Yep. What are you going to do? Uh, lastly, with running back news, uh, Bills waived Jonathan Winnow Williams. <laughs> another Nick player. Another another Nick player. So just not not doing well for Nick right now. Um, also a player that I touched, so this is probably my fault. But <laughs> Jonathan Winnow Williams, um, we loved him coming out of Arkansas. He's a very very good talent. Uh, we we honestly all liked him better than Alex Collins at that point. Alex Collins is still in the league, but hasn't really showed much. I think he actually just got caught from the Seahawks. I think he did. Um, but. Uh, John, we, we don't know why. We can we know the Bills are rebuilding, but you assume you keep a, a piece like this. But I, I think we could speculate that it, it, injury history has to have, have caught up with him. It, it's so weird. No one really knows why he was cut. No, and it was now, never, never officially said. And then he cleared waivers and signed to a practice squad. It has to be some sort of injury. Because it never came out last year or anything like that that he was like a bad person or yeah. didn't understand the playbook or anything. It's just... Had to be some injury that we don't know about. What's funny is there was a McCoy trade rumor for a hot two days. Yeah. And everything was like, buy with John, Jonathan Williams. It was. If you could sneak it, buy him. It was, 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 yeah. was going to be a bell cow there because he's shown flashes of being good. And now he's on a practice squad. Just a big fall from grace. Yeah. you got to be happy as a McCoy owner. I wouldn't really work. I mean, Tolbert. Yeah, no, no. I mean, there is the question mark if McCoy can handle the sustained, you know, workload that he has been taking. But yeah, any bad backups good for me behind McCoy. He's going to be the workhorse there. It's funny that just that's the second backup Bills running back we've fallen in love with. Carlos Williams was the first, and both are now like eroding into irrelevancy. Those Williamses. Yeah. Those Williamses in Buffalo. What he was. You he, do? he might have been the original elite, Carlos. Oh, Carlos was the original. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. What are you going to do? Uh, wide receiver news. Julian Edelman officially out for the season as well. Uh, continuing to devastate Chad, unfortunately. 
Um, well, you traded him. You just traded him to... I did trade him to Green. We'll right? Yeah, we'll get into that as well. Um, and the Patriots actually went out and then picked up Philip Dorsett. I thought Austin Carr was going to be the guy. I picked him up for a second. Clearly didn't work out. Um, He's on another team now. He is. He got signed by, I think it was the Texans or the Saints. I think it's the Saints. I think it's the Saints. You weren't is... alone with the car hype, though. I saw that. No, on that Twitter. was ever. No, I didn't find. I didn't find him out. I picked mm-hmm. that up from one of the podcasts, and I figured I would give a shot on mm-hmm. it. Because um, he's, he's like your typical Patriots player, just yeah, like yeah. a hardworking guy that fights over the middle. Boom, pepper with targets. Grit. So much grit. <laughs> so much Julian Edelman grit. Um, so at this point, I, I guess we'll talk about it from a dynasty, dynasty perspective. Right now, are you one trying to buy low on Edelman? Two. Are you buying Dorset or selling Dorset? Are you doing anything with Dorset? Are you still leaving him on the waiver wire? I might, I might, I might pick him up, and take a shot on him. Um, so yeah, only, luckily, only if he's a free agent. Only if he's a free agent. Only luckily for me, agent. Hogan was a free agent when yeah, this happened, huge. and I happened to pick up Hogan. I think Hogan's and Amendola was a free agent too. And he yeah, was in there for a couple days. It's just again, it goes back to the Patriots wide receivers. There's just too many mouths to feed. But if I had to pick one to succeed, Edelman, it's Hogan. So besides Cooks. Besides Cooks. Yeah, yeah. obviously. Yeah, okay. um, so I'm happy I got Hogan, but, you know, I don't think Edelman, I don't know how much value he has left. He's like 31, going to be 32, torn torn ACL. How much value is he going to have left coming back? Are the Patriots going to re-sign him? Are they going to keep him? You don't Better know. minimum. It's, it's too much of a risk, and that's why I wanted to dump him. Yeah, I mean, you had, a, you had some first before he went down. We'll talk about the trade. It was not too much for me. I think it was fair, what we'll, we'll get into, but yeah, I didn't really want to take a shot at him, mostly because I just didn't want to cut anyone to roster him, was kind of what my deal was. Um, and yeah, why not take a shot at Philip Dorsett? If there's one team that can take a guy from one team that wasn't doing well and put him in a system that can thrive, it's the Patriots. So as long as he builds up some type of chemistry with Brady, which is huge in that system, I mean, they've had talented receivers before, and it hasn't worked out because you can't build the chemistry with him, but if Dorsett can figure it out, you know, he was one of those, like, other, like him and Moncrief on the Colts. You just thought that someone else besides Hilton was going to get some high volume in that passing offense, and it just never really thrived. But, yeah, I mean, I think Nick scooped him up on the on the free agency. Why not? I think he's worth a dynasty stash for sure. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I, would, I would pick him up if he was available as well. Nick's trying to trade him now because he wants to cut him, but what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't trade for him, but if he was available, I think I'd pick him up. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Cameron Meredith, another devastating blow uh, out for season. Add if you want to jump in. I know it's not it's it's painful, but yeah, I was not even watching the game. I got just all the texts like "ew, gross injury." I'm sorry. It was horrific looking. And uh, that was my fantasy. I was on him. I I was actually just thinking about this day. I think it was the second episode where we did like our sleepers. My first ever sleeper was Shaheen. Yeah. And we did deeper sleepers, and I noted that like. You know, he's not like... He's known in some communities, but not a household name. Yeah. Grab Meredith, grab Meredith. And I've been on him all all off-season. And I thought he was going to be the steal of the draft. And it's a bummer. It really puts a dent in my, in my depth. Um, since I wasn't... You know, I made some dumb off-season decisions keeping Gabriel over Thielen and, and Sneed. So, uh, you know, I was relying on Meredith to fill in for that flex spot. You know, when I needed him, possibly over a Yeah, you could have predicted that. It's not um, like he had an injury history. Oh, no, no, no. I, you know, and we'll see if I keep him at the end of this season, see how my bench pans out. But pretty upsetting for my depth. It's even thinner now. I got to hope that some of these rookies hit or Peterson has some value or something or I'll, I'm one injury away from not being a contender anymore, which sucks. So, question, what would you trade him for, pick-wise? 
Um, I mean, I think it was obvious he was going to get, like, high, high volume. Yeah, oh yeah. And he doesn't have the same background, like, history as Edelman, but you got him for a second. I think he's worth an early second. I mean, I know I dropped him in the third, but I don't think I would give him for less than an early second. Yeah, that's fair. I would do the same thing. I'd probably be in the second range, too. Yeah, I would, give, I would offer a second for him. Especially it, you get to keep him on and especially, and it like, And there was people like... He's like 24, too. Yeah, he's super young. And it's like, oh, they have Kevin Wyatt, they have this, they have that. I think it just came out yesterday that they're going... I never even heard of a wide receiver by committee. Like, that's how much he was going to be the one that now that he's gone, it's just a free-for-all of who's going to be the number one receiver. Which I didn't really know that. I thought he was going to get, obviously, the workload share, but I didn't know it was that, like, all right, Meredith's gone... Who is it going to be? And then, um, you know, Kendall Wright's value boosts. Definitely. Kevin White stays healthy. His value's there, but it's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, major signing at a Jets camp. Um, they were able to pick up DeMaurier Stringfellow um, off of waivers, which I'm shocked that he was actually caught by the Dolphins. Had a very, very impressive preseason. I think it was averaging something like 32.5 yards per catch. Yeah, broke off like Outrageous a 99 yard run numbers. for a touchdown. Yeah. Um, I mean, a, a dominant, a dominant. Um, physical prospect. I mean, we um, mocked him at one point at like 110, 111 to Riggio at one point and mm-hmm. kind of just slipped through the cracks at the draft. But yeah, kind of alarming that the Jets, I mean, the Dolphins wouldn't want to hold on to someone. Yeah, like that. I haven't heard any yeah. negatives about him coming in. I mean, he can't go to a more ideal situation with the Jets. No, it's good. He's going to get a lot of possible volume is all over the place, especially with the young quarterbacks, not really sure. If you have a deep threat like that, Hackenberg can air it out. 100%. I think he's going to compete for the wide receiver one spot, to be honest with you. Yeah, I would. at this point, I'd probably give it late first. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to agree with you with Aaron. Moving on, um, the Browns actually went out and made a trade in real life um, for Sammy Coates, and this is just a devastating one for me. I have torn Sammy Coates apart relentlessly ever since he came out, and of course the Browns go out and trade for him. Suck it. Um, of course. Um, I mean, to be to be honest, after after sitting down for it, not even spin zoning it, it's it's a it was a very good signing by us because one thing we do lack is speed outside of Corey Coleman. We have Kenny Britt, who's just like a big number one receiver, not dominantly fast. We have a couple other guys like Rashard Higgins. Actually, Higgins got cut, actually. We have a couple other guys that are just simply over-the-middle guys, not crazy threats. Sammy Coates actually provides speed, which is is awesome. Whether whether he's going to catch the ball or not, he at least can run. Coates is, I would rank him in the top five of players you have bashed. Oh, I've destroyed Sammy Coates. You've sent me pictures of Coates misplaying balls. I've relentlessly bashed Sammy Coates. Dozens of times. (laughs) I've relentlessly bashed Sammy Coates. It's so perfect that even the ones... Like, you touch players and they get hurt, and the yeah. ones you bash end up on your team. On a team. It's un- unbelievable. But from, from an actual playing perspective, it makes sense because we need we need a burner to stretch the field a little bit. And especially if you have Kaiser, who now has an arm, he can throw air it out. Whether Coates is going to catch it, he's probably not going to catch it, but at least he'll move the defense a little bit. What about when Gordon comes back? Good talk. Um, <laughs> moving on to Willie Sneed, um, another one of your boys. Uh, missing the first yeah. three games due to a suspension. I don't think anyone saw this coming. Mm-mm. Had no idea. I kind of forgot about the DUI thing he had going. Right? I, I had no idea. When do DUIs get three games? I don't know. That seems a little excessive, no? Maybe not. Three I would games? think under excessive. DUI is crazy. You can get arrested for that and, like, points on your license. No, I know, but... Well, you can hit a woman and get, like, one game. And you get six. No, it's... Vehicular manslaughter is a four-game suspension, Chad. <laughs> oh, yeah, who was that? Dante Stalwart. Oh, yeah. Vehicular manslaughter is a four-game suspension. 
Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't remember this. I didn't see this coming. So this was a shock to me when I heard it. Um, I mean, it's clearly devastating. He was primed for a good year. A lot of people are high on him. I don't think you should just start selling him off. I mean, oh, no, just, I wouldn't. But... Just for Dooch, you have him. And just limit your bench, especially now with the Tampa. He had JHI, I think, on his team. So just with like, the hurricane and this happening, it just Dooch is kind of primed for possibly a week one upset, which we'll get into. But yeah. that's all really matters. I mean, if you were – he was a borderline flex starter. I think you had to wait and see how the role actually played out with, with Cooks being gone. But I think this – Increases Ginn's value more than oh yeah. I'm to say I'm buying Ted Ginn at this point. Yeah, yeah. Are you buying? Are you trying to buy low on Snead? Like, would you throw a third at Snead right now? I notoriously yeah. hate Snead. Okay, third, but he's probably worth the third. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay. Awesome. No, I'm on the same boat. I would easily throw. A but third. you're only buying Ginn in really like a redraft or DraftKings. I mean, yeah. Dynasty. Are you really, like, this isn't like yeah. it's three games, so I'm not no. overreacting in our league. It just sucks for week to week matchups. But if you're in redraft, maybe you know. Ginn might have been un- undrafted. Late. I, I took him in my my redraft. No, G- yeah, Ginn, Ginn usually so it was, was like it was a very, yeah, it was a late pick. So if you're like in a ten team league, he may be there. Yeah, to scoop up. Uh, yeah, so go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's gonna do it for our, our news and notes. We had a lot to go over there. Um, so it's been an action pack. We're getting close to the season, and like I said, it's uh, real football on Thursday. So we're going to jump into some trades because there's been a lot of action. Um, starting with the biggest bombshell of all, a little backstory. We were all at a at a block party getting ready for the McGregor-Mayweather fight. We're guess all who hosted it? it? Guess who hosted it? Mr. No-Show himself, Matthew Kojak, who's actually existent, actually talking to people, and actually trading. He surely made up for his lack of participation in the draft by just... Just being the man. Yeah. He's just the that dude. That was really fun. That was a It was time. a blast. That's what I said. I, I, I didn't make the kid up. He's a great kid. Fireball cupcakes. Fireball those cupcakes. Those were great. I forgot about those. It made like lemon drop shots too. And he was he made coming out vodka with, with like the pink jello shots that were yeah, just aggressively shots. strong. I've never had anything that strong. We came over. He's like, you guys want some vodka and pink lemonade? We're like, yeah, sure. And there was just no pink lemonade. Though. It was just straight vodka. <laughs> but I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, Matt Kojak just doing his thing. Loves to be a host. and uh, Bought like 13 pizzas. Never Cornhole. asked for anything back. He was the dude. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. We appreciate your. Uh, You'll never listen to this. Your but thank you. Yeah, but we we truly appreciate. Yeah, it. This has got to be possibly the biggest trade in league history, as far it's as just pedigree of player. Definitely up there. Not I, like a trade that led to somebody like. I was gonna say probably the only other one is probably the AJ trade before this was like a big enormous trade. And I traded for Julio right after that. Yeah, those those were enormous. This ones. was the Brandon one for. Brandon Cooks for free was enormous. <laughs> Thank you. Good. Thank you, everyone in the league. Uh, you're welcome to everyone in the league. Um, yeah, so th- we'll read this off. So between Josh and Kojak, just it seemed like it happened in a second. Like we looked over and then Zeke was traded. Mm-hmm. Um, so Josh traded Kojak two fir- 2018 first, uh, Josh and Wire. Um, so Josh was projected a, a early first. Now it looks like it might be relatively late. And Wire should be middle of the road. Uh, Josh is 2019 first, and Jordan Reed for Zeke Elliott. Crazy deal. Crazy. I hate it for Kojak. I hate it, too. I mean, the Dynasty community liked it. We took it to a poll. I got 100 votes. They chose Well, the I think the community was a little scared of the suspension. So the, the community's been slow the in the role. No, I, I get it, but they're they're afraid of Just Zeke's ongoing? Suspension. Yeah, ongoing issues is what the community is afraid of. I don't know. I would much rather have Zeke out of... I would much rather. Oh have yeah, pure value alone, absolutely. Well, this is where Josh admitted he used us to his advantage. So we've been notoriously down on Josh's team, has been ri- rising a little bit yeah. as of late. 
but was if you before this trade was a bottom three pick for sure. So I think he sold. What Kojak didn't realize is by giving him a, one of the best players in the league, his value goes way up and those picks go value goes way down. And for where we have him, somewhat project. Well, the projections are out, so we have him at six and wires at seven. Yeah, that's like one oh eight, one oh nine. I think it is, or something like that. And yeah. that last year that or this year's draft that was P Ryan and Howard. So you traded Zeke for Smashy P Ryan, OJ Howard, a mid first next year. Whatever that's going to be, and injury-prone Jordan Reed. I hate that. Just don't. It's quantity over quality. I mean, great for Josh. Great for Josh. It's just, it's hard to get three firsts for anything. And I think Correct. that's kind of, maybe Kojak, maybe Kojak does listen and knows how much these firsts are valuable to people. Maybe you can flip them later, but you got to get at least a, a sealed-in 101 and then more. Like, you got to wait to trade Zeke when you know either you're going to come in last or mm-hmm. someone's going to come in last. You can't just make that trade so premature. You yeah, I think Riggio, be, Riggio is the partner for that deal. you got to be locked into getting, like, Barkley or, like, a Geis. You can't, and more. You can't yeah. trade it for... Because you don't even know where those guys are going to go. Like, look at Cook before the season. He, like, he dropped out of the 102 range, and you thought he was a no-sure right, so franchise how, so, player. So how about this one? So let's let's redo. Kojak and Ridge are really talking. They get into heated discussions. Kojak goes, Zeke's on the table. Ridge counters with, all right, I'll give you Eric's first. I'll give you your first and Kevin White. Do you do that deal? Knowing mm-hmm. that my pick is 101 or 102, you get Kojak's first, which is, let's, let's say it's 106, and then Kevin White. I don't think I'd do that. I'd still rather have Zeke. Yeah, so would I. So even, even if it's Geis, um, you were hyped. I mean, how Freeman hyped was, how hyped was Fournette this year? And I'd still rather have Zeke than Fournette. Enormous. No, that's fair. I'm, not, I'm just asking. Uh, no, I would need... I need like 101, 102 in like a, a stud so player. Both. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what do you think he would have got this? I mean, if he was offered pre-draft, he would have got. I think Rich would have gave 101 and 102 for him. Yeah. And probably Kevin White or something like that. But you'd have to throw in Julio too. For a second. <laughs> for a second. <laughs> yeah. So massive, massive deal in our league. Um, and then, and then we followed up immediately. I, I, I reacted immediately because I've been trying to get Sammy Watkins forever because I, I, I love Sammy. Um. And he's trying to rebuild, so he has now picked up accumulated five firsts in a matter of minutes. Is he trying to rebuild though? He had a team that could make the playoffs before all he this. He did. I, I think he was. I think he was a little scared. I know he traded two assets you build around, but I think he was a little scared of the age that he had because he was relying on a Decker, Marshall. I, I I know, I know, but that, I think I think that's if what. You can't what build around Zeke. Was. What can you build around? Like when do you stop? It's like you. Like when when do you just appreciate the talent you have and you try to build elsewhere? I mean, everyone has their price, obviously. You can't just hold Z for yeah. for nothing, but yeah, I don't, I don't Yeah, know. so so if you look at it as a whole, he traded Zeke and Watkins for five firsts and Jordan Reed. See, I liked the the community was a little split on Sammy. So what you traded was too well, late. Because the, the community in general was split so on So it was Sammy. too well, I mean like not community our league. So you traded uh, okay. Two eighteen first, which are going to be late. Hopefully They're going to be ten to I'm fourteen. Yeah, for Sammy Watkins, I think he asked me or you asked, and I'm like, I would, I would do that if I was Kojak. I just don't like Sammy Watkins. Yeah, I love that's it. I love. Sammy. And people like Greg and I think Nick were on the side of, um, it was a great deal for you because you don't know what upside. Like, are you going to get the same upside you get, from one? What do you like get with as well? So, I think that was more fair. I would think than yeah, the, the oh, Zeke yeah. trade. If you're telling me he traded Zeke and Sammy for five first, that sounds great, but none of them are even the top five pick. Yeah. Like, he's going to have pick, like, eight, nine, eleven, and fourteen for two, like, 
top 20 dynasty players. Yeah. That's not worth it. It's not. Yeah, no. It's um it was a questionable move, but at the same time, he's worth 40 points on the dynasty trade calculator. Sam or Zeke? Zeke. That's crazy. I was just currently typing it in. I mean, and his his side is worth 69.7 points. So then if you just do a 2018 first, let's call it a mid-2018 first. And that's 10 points. So we got five of those are 50. So if we just say they're all mid. Is that fair, I guess, or at yeah. that point? So say they're all that's, mid. They're, those five are big. That's being all, generous. Those that's five, being generous. Those five correct. are almost not even more Zeke. Correct. And then if you add Jordan Reed, you end up... He's 10 points as well. I mean, they're not. If you had... Well, Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins is 29. So you still you still lose. You're losing 69.7 to... So-called 70 to 60. I mean, I wouldn't you're trade... Still I wouldn't trade Zeke for... If it was like this year and I had Zeke, I wouldn't trade him for pick like 8, 9, 11, 13, 14. Correct. Yeah, no. And he'd trade two people for that. But I wouldn't even trade Zeke for those five first. You need elite first. So there is like... Not first or all... You know, people just love the first too much. And we see... That's what it is. I mean, they don't, yeah, they everyone don't pan out. I also think part of it was Kojak kind of compensating for missing out on, like, the... Oh, absolutely. He, no, he wanted to make a splash. splash. Yeah. Absolutely. And he was drinking, too. You want, I, the first thing I want to do when I drink is trade. That's literally the first thing I want to do. But that's why I'm in last. Every but, day. yeah, I mean, blockbuster trades for it Kojak. Changed... Josh. Josh's of, team changed drastically. Yeah, it was a landscaping changing uh, trade. Yeah. So we had, and I think it pushes you out of last, personally, but... That's just me. I love Sammy. I, I hope it does, man. I hope it does. Give me golf all day. Um, another trade that happened very, very small. Um, we were just kind of just talking and went for it. It was Elijah Maguire straight up for a 2018 fourth between me and Itzler. Um, I mean, I, Elijah Maguire does have an upside just from pure opportunity. Um, like I said, it wasn't the biggest fan of his tape. He's just a pass catching back. Mm-hmm. He was good. He was a good pass catching back. He was just a pass catching back though. Um, I, I was, I was kind of wanted to cut him to make room for Malcolm Brown because I've I've an irrational attachment to Malcolm Brown and I got a fourth out of it. So I'm I'm very happy and then Itzler got his Jets player that has opportunity to play and could keep him at a last or push him towards the middle of the pack whatever he wants to do with it. I like Itzler's side. I don't think he got that much value for him given the opportunity either. Oh yeah, I got no value for him. I just kind of kind of shit him off. Yeah, I was kind of confused. Like if I knew that, I would have gave you at least a third for him. Oh, well, I don't even know. Talked. It just happened. Like I didn't even know you were just you two went off, and Elijah McGuire was given for nothing. Yeah. Really. I like your side. I hate Elijah McGuire. That's all I have to say. That's fair. It's fair. So we're, we're torn there as well. Um, <laughs> I'm happy with it. I cleared up some pace. I still don't have Malcolm Brown because I'm an idiot. But um, 2018 fourth. Solid. <laughs> nice, dude. Uh, Riggio trades Kojak. More trades. Delaney Walker for 2018 third. <laughs> oh, that's a Kojak trade. Um, I, I, I kind of like the Kojak side. Delaney Walker sells value, and especially because Jordan Reed's always hurt. So you're getting a possible top six tight end in Delaney Walker for a third round pick. That's great. It was really, just curious timing after the the read was part of this blockbuster deal. Yeah. Which I assume somewhat put over the edge, and then he trades for another tight end. Like I get it because you want some yeah you want some backup for the injury guy, but I think he has Delaney on his flex right now actually. So. Yeah, yeah, he was talking about <laughs> playing both of them. I mean, I, I straight up I like the Delaney side. I like the player better. Yeah, here. definitely. Yeah. It was just curious that he did that right after this, but I guess I can understand. And Andrew Trade Machine Riggio continues his uh, trading guys for third-round picks. Um, gets rid of Matt Jones to Mike Trainer for a 2018 third. Uh, Matt Jones ended up in a, in a solid situation with the Colts. I mean, you can't really ask for a better opportunity. I mean, aging aging Frank Gore, he's going to get a chance to run the ball at some point. Matt Jones sucks. 
Give me the third. Yeah, give me the third there. I don't. I don't know. I. I don't. I don't hate that deal at all. Well, I, he had his opportunity and show it. What I is, feel like is Rich, the, op, the Colts' offensive line sucks even worse I than the Redskins does. I just fell in love with Matt Jones. I love his aggressive running style. I know he fumbles a lot. I just I loved it. I fell in love with it. I drafted him in the majority of my leagues in the second round. I loved him coming. I think out. this year I'm like, what? No, 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 no. When he when he was a rookie, I I, I mean, yeah, an no, idiot. I, I drafted him and Josh Robinson. That worked out well. A part of me thinks Rich could have just dropped Matt Jones and no one would have picked him up. I think Trainer would have picked him up. Trainer would be the only one that would have picked Trainer him up. Would, Trainer or Seckler? I wouldn't have picked him up. Right? I would not have. No, I, I probably would not have either. It was tra- either. It's Trainer or Rob would have so been the So we got a third one for him. No, I think it's a good trade for Rich. Yeah, me too. Unfortunately. Moving down the list, Josh trades Itzler. Uh, Darren McFadden for Carlos Henderson straight up. Um, Josh needed to make this deal um, after just acquiring Zeke. You didn't know what the suspension was at that time or if it was going to be effective immediately later. Um, so he needed to secure McFadden, which was huge for him. And, I mean, he gave up a player that got in the fourth. Although Mc- Henderson was high on a lot of people's rookie boards, he fell to the fourth round of our of our draft. Mm-hmm. Talent's there, but he's. it looks like he's going to be out the majority of the season. He's currently on IR. I honestly don't know. I think it was thumb surgery or some thumb remember. injury, to be honest, a finger injury, that he's out for an extended period of time. So, I mean, it's a great stash for Itzler, who's trying to combo rebuild but stay relevant. Mm-hmm. So he can stash him on his IR, he still has opportunity, and then Josh gets McFadden. I think it's a great deal. It's, yeah, this is just good for both sides. You get the rebuild piece for Itzler. Yeah, I love it. You get it. the rental for Josh, the handcuff Zeke. It's just super fair. It's straight up fair, yeah. Agreed, because there was a chance McFadden was going to have zero value this year if the suspension yeah. went away. So we got something for possibly nothing, and... Yeah, fair deal. Absolutely. Uh, Chad, you make it some action here. Uh, between you and Greg, um, so we touched on this briefly, uh, you sent Julian Edelman to Greg uh, for a 2018... I gave him a... Oh, and a 2018 time. fourth, sorry. For uh, Rob's 2019 second. So you assume a middle-of-the-road second, maybe pick 2021. And 2019 for Edelman, who we... The, the future's uncertain. Mm-hmm. Exactly like I said. Future's completely uncertain. I mean, you, you assume he has the work ethic to come back. It's just a matter of if he's going to get another opportunity. We don't know. Right. Um, I'm, I'm a rebuilding team. I was going to yeah. try to sell him anyway this year. Absolutely. I was going to ha- use him to get me maybe a couple wins and then sell, ship him off. So, I you know, a 2019 second, I don't think is bad value for him. No. no. Um, I was originally offered from Dooch his 2019 first. That's like within 10 picks, I would say. So I feel like I still kind of got a decent amount for him. You mean before the injury? Before the injury. I was going to say, why did you not do that? No, no, before the injury. <laughs> So, yeah, this is a relatively easy decision for me. Yeah, I mean, think of the guys that went, say, in the middle to lower, besides McNichols, Jamal Williams, Marlon Mack, James Conner, Cooper Cup, Juju, and even Meredith and Godwin and went after that. Um, I mean, you don't need Edelman. Exactly. He's 31, 32. Exactly. By the time he's fully healthy, and you got a second out of it, and it's a really good move for you. And it makes sense for Miller. Stash him on your IR. If he has no value next year, it's not going to... We'll see if he keeps him. But I think probably is worth the risk for Mahler just to stash him. In Definitely. That was injury progresses. Keep him next year. If not, he's deep enough to just kind of let him go. He's fine. He makes his own moves, especially when he can just take advantage of Riggio's inability to read. Yeah, he'll flip him to someone. Um, another trade, uh, finally me getting back involved. It's been way too long, five trades without <laughs> me, my name being mentioned. Um, me and me and Rob, th- this negotiation was going on for days, and it was it was horrific. Um, it was amazing, but horrific. Um I obtained Thomas Rawls. I needed a running back help um, for Jordan Matthews, a 2018 second and a 2018 fourth. Um, I mean, I, I'm happy with it. I think Jordan Matthews is a guy that I, I, I wanted to, to sell on. I, I like his talent. I like his ability. I just don't know what his upside is in Buffalo, especially if he just continues to get hurt. Like, 
how do you fracture your sternum? Like, what are, what are you doing? It's like, like instantly. It's instant fra- fracture. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy that I got rid of him. I, I love Jordan Matthews a lot. I, th- I think he's a good wide receiver. I just don't know what the upside is in Buffalo. So I'm happy I took the shot on Rawls, who's listed as a starter, who's also a big injury risk, but at least it's a running back shot. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your guys' thoughts? I like it for you. I think he needed running backs, and I think he got, like you said, the starter. He's only like 24. He does have an injury history. Um you know, Lacey there is not ideal for you, but, you know, Rawls is Rawls. When he's shown that he can be Absolutely. good, I call him flash in the pan Rawls. I think he's only good for a certain amount of time. But That's all you need him for. Yeah. That's all you need him for. So, I think it's, I think it's even. Uh, I think I'd rather have your side, but I think in a vacuum it's probably even. Yeah. yeah I'd yeah, probably lean a little, Rob, just because I would rather... Well, I'd probably rather avoid the Eagles running backs than I would Buffalo wide receivers. And he gets the second, but I do get it for you because your wide rec- your running backs are pretty. They're thin. horrific. Once you get rid of the crows, you know you don't really have much going on your running backs. So no, I get it. Good. I mean, it's a, it's a possible if he bust out one or two weeks, that could be the one or two weeks you win, and then it keeps you out of the cellar. So that was my thought. That was my thought process exactly. He's still young. Yeah, yeah. Um, another young running back that we just acquired a trade that happened today jumping out of order a little bit because I wrote it down at the bottom of my sheet Uh, TJ Yeldon from Marquise Lee straight up just pretty pretty dumpster of a trade it took 15 seconds to trade within the chat within the chat I've never seen that that was the first thing I just reached out I was like Marquise (laughs) Lee for fourth and then Itzler immediately responded Lee for Yeldon straight up and I was like I would love to do that yes and then he sent back the it it was amazing negotiations nothing really happened we'd rather have Yeldon as well yeah, I'm I'm super happy with TJ. Like I said, I just want to passes in that backfield. I just wanted a fourth round pick for Lee because I wanted to pick up Malcolm Brown. That was all I wanted to do was pick up Malcolm Brown, and I got TJ Yeldon. So I'll, I'll take it. You know what? Who who knows? And Fournette might not be able to stay healthy. Maybe he has a, more of a role than we think. It's such an irrelevant trade. Completely irrelevant until he becomes a Belkow RB one and uh, NFL MVP. <laughs> Moving on to the next trade and the last one of our uh, our trade extravaganza, uh, Greg trades. With Andrew Itzler, uh, Kendall Wright for a 2019 second and a 2019 fifth. Um, I think Greg immediately knew what he's going to do. He's going to try to sell high on Kendall mm-hmm. Wright, um, which is fine. He he does this normally. He did the same thing with Jeremy Langford. He did the same thing with a lot of other players. Um, but I, I do agree. I think Kendall Wright does have some value. I think he's I think he can easily yeah. be a wide receiver oh, three definitely. flex player throughout the year, and you plug him in, and he's consistent. I think I think that's what he's there for, and I think it's solid. See, I criticize Itzler within the chat, just kind of joking around like. The struggle between rebuilding and trying to win is, yeah. is is a struggle, but apparently he has like all these picks that I didn't know about. So he just had like these excess picks. I don't think he'd have too many seconds, but again, if he, had he like wants, five. if he, he wants to make a possible wide receiver, he could be the wide receiver one. Yeah, um, and push him again for a couple wins, avoids last, or makes that push for top seven that he wants so badly. So. I get it. I would rather have Greg side. He picked him off off the waiver. I mean, off yeah. free agency. Yeah. And flipped him for two picks, and a, a second nonetheless. It's a two years, but I don't know. I guess I get it for Itzler, but I'd rather have a Greg side in this one. I'd rather have Greg side too. Kendall Wright's always just been average, and now he's going to a team that has Mike Glennon at quarterback in a horrible Chicago stadium. Yeah. Well, Kendall Wright's also an interesting situation because I remember the issue with Kendall Wright is he would just go out and do whatever he wanted to do. Like he would just like freelance routes, do whatever, and like the Titans weren't having it. And I think that's why they kind of shipped him off. So I'm interested to see if maybe that's just cool with John Fox. Like if <laughs> maybe maybe that, maybe he just thrives here because he was a good he was a high pick. I think he was a second round pick out of Virginia Tech. He was a good player. Um, so but, we'll if, see. but if Meredith comes back healthy next year, 
Yeah, oh, then his value, value goes value. down. This is just a this year value, I think. Correct. Yeah, that's yeah. Right for me. Yeah. So, the struggle. The struggle's real. Struggle's real. Moving on to bets. Um, Addison versus Greg. A nice little bottle of gin. Do you have any preference in your gin? Hendrix. Hendrix gin, of course. Naturally great. Uh, Chad, do you have any uh, any preference in your gin? Hendrix as well. I was going to say Tangeray. I think it's like the kind of the... Yeah, two. it's the battle. All right, so I'm, I'm at... I'll take either. Yeah, I'm not, not, not going to be upset with either. Not going to be used to... Not so is a bottle of gin either. valued at $30 or lower? I'm curious the size of a Hendrix bottle I can actually get for $30, so I might have to go with Tangeray. You can get it for that big? I think so. Kind of expensive. It is. But... I don't know. Yeah, it is expensive gin. I bet, Greg, a bottle of gin valued $30 or lower that Alan Robinson, my boy, will be better than a wide receiver at 22 and a half. So I got this from Matthew Barry's wide receiver rankings. I scrolled down. He was ranked like in the 50s overall. And it was the wide receiver 23, I think. 22 or 23. Yeah. So I said a 22 and a half. I just, I get the quarterback situation and I get, I mean, I've said this in nauseam throughout the podcast. I just don't get the overreaction of this. I get if you're not as high on him as you want, but now he's like a wide receiver three. In some in some redraft teams, he's going, you know, redraft like fourth, fifth round. I just think that's way too low. And I think, what, a wide receiver 23 would be a mid wide receiver 2. I think he'll at least be a high wide receiver 2. Borderline wide receiver 1. So, yeah, I, 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 I like Robinson uh, to be a wide receiver 2 this year. Yeah, I would, take your, I would take your side as well here, Ed. Yeah, I think Greg just wanted to bet. I kind of threw it out there. I'm like, I'll take anybody. Like, he'll be better than this. And Greg was like, sure, why not? Yeah, 100%. Is there an injury clause with this? Or just... I think if he's yeah it was if he's injured for more than one game so I'll allow one game injuries it's kind of fluky but if it's two or more inj- like games he misses then it's void okay and that's gonna do it for our bets and trades portion uh, now to wrap up the show we're actually gonna dive into the week one matchups that we're uh, very very excited about because like I said we are one day away from live actual counting my my thoughts exactly. Um, live so now, jaws, <laughs> live jaws all over the place, all over the mic. Actually, I'm sorry if you guys can't hear us very well. Um, <laughs> that's my fault. Uh, so Addison now has actually all the matchups in front of him. He's going to read them off. We're going to give our our opinions and uh, see what thinks going to win. This I'm so, I've been looking forward to like previewing the league since we started. Really, yeah. Right here. Probably rookie draft and now this this day. These are the two big days. It's a big day. It's finally here. So it's finally we're, we're here. kicking it off with a rare out of conference matchup between me and Chad's our first or second Very time. Very handsome matchup. <sighs> Extremely handsome matchup. Probably Should the best looking in the league. Really, no losers in this one. No, haven't played you since the first year. I think like middle of the week. Um, you know, and upper, second year playoffs. Uh, oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's how I'll be our third matchup. See if maybe you can win this time. Um, I'm projected sixty-seven percent favorite. Uh, do you either, I mean, I think your team has a lot of upside, so I don't think I'm completely out of the woods on any of this yet. Had the, you know, had you had Landry, I don't think the Brait is that big of a loss for you, but if you had Jarvis Landry, I was a little worried that you could pull up the upset here. You got a team that's probably going to be projected in the 130s every week, but I think you have a high ceiling, and I, I wrote that in your write-up, that I think you have a team that could beat anyone anytime. Do you, how do you, how do you feel going to this matchup? I was feel like you said I was feeling better with Landry in there. Um, I do agree that I think Hooper and Braid are relatively even. To be honest with you, I agree. Um, you know, having Landry in there would would have been better. But you know, I think you're you're gonna win. But I think you're right. I think you know before I thought maybe I could upset you. Mm-hmm. But you know, now I think those chances are even more slim. 
Yeah, it's unfortunate loss with Landry. Um, I, I'm on I'm on the same page. I think Addison's team is going to win. All right. Uh, the next matchup we'll preview is Agent Lee, Nick versus Effa Podcast. Itzler. I mean, he's still projected to win by 21 at Hazard right now. Nick is losing Evans. I mean, do we think that is going to impact him, or is Nick just deep enough that he's still going to run away with this no matter what? Nick's going to run away with this. Nick's going to blow him out. No offense to Isler, Nick's team is just really good. I think this is the most exciting matchup that everyone wants to see. I mean, everyone wants an Isler upset. Everyone would love an Isler upset. Uh, I'm going to say the, the matchup everyone wants to see, I think, is an Isler Muller. Well, yeah, yeah but I'm, wanna, I'm talking about for week one. I'm talking about see. for week one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Isler just needs a lot of things to go right. He needs he needs like a 30-point Tyreek performance worth like a kick return touchdown, a receiving touchdown, a rushing touchdown. He needs something ridiculous to happen. It's not out of the question, but it's probably not going to happen. It's so weird that the app and the website have different projection numbers. But, because my, my computer's freezing, so I'll go to the app. I think the biggest spread point differential of the week is is Greg versus Ridge. I There's nothing that would make me think Ridge has a chance in this. No, 70, this team is really 78% bad. chance for Greg. Like, it's finally updated. It's finally not 50-50. Um, 78% chance of for Greg... I think this will be an easy... He'll know by, you know, the 4 p.m. game Sunday. He's already won this. Yeah, sorry, Rich. Yeah, one, one revisiting uh, Nick and Itzler. Um, Nick has no players besides his kicker and two IDPs and defense that are under 10. This whole bench, too? Yeah, I mean, starting, starting, starting. lineup. Yeah, it's um, ridiculous. They're all double digits. Uh, Itzler has one, two, three that are under 10. So Of course. And the last kind of matchup that we felt was, you know, the point differential was a little wider, is Wire versus Tiz. It's 66% Wire. I think that's a little little high. I think, like we said, Tiz has some upside players, but some are that are young, so we don't know what we're going to get from them early in the year. I think this one will be closer, but I still think Wire wins. But I think this might be when we're all set and through. Besides the three games we pick, the game that will be the closest. Like, Monday will decide this this matchup. Who did Wire lose that is now starting Kenny Galladay in his flex? He lost Devontae, Devontae Parker. Parker. Oh, Devontae Parker. So that's a question And mark. no stills. So that, you know, Parker's a big, big loss. And I said in the write-up, too, I, I like Tiz's starting lineup. Yeah, so love, love I, Tiz's lineup. I wouldn't be totally shocked if he upset him here. No. no. I think advantage Wire, but I wouldn't be shocked. So, yeah, we're so excluding the three games we pick, I think you would say Tiz on... The highest up or wired on the highest upset alert of the other four matchups we just yeah. said. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah, one hundred percent. And then probably me, you. And yeah, I agree. Probably. And then Nick and Greg. Nick, uh, Nick then Greg. Yeah. Yep. I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I also don't really consider the Tiz. I, I have Tiz ranked seven. I I don't even hate the Tiz win. Yeah, we're just gonna go strictly on. That's fair. The Yahoo projections. So then now what we're gonna do is we'll have a little. These are the games of the week. So we're going to keep a running tally of our predictions and our record. You know, play a little against each other, like you see other co-hosts do on various sports networks, um, and see who's the ultimate pick'em, you know, champion. We are helped a little bit by Yahoo. I mean, that Absolutely, does kind of, of skew my... We throw a little judgment. wager on this? We can throw a little wager on this. What do we do? Do we want the winner to do something? Do you want the winner to be rewarded or the loser to be punished? That's a great question. Um, probably Maybe winner we do like a, like a roommate night out. And, and win the loot. The winner gets all his drinks paid for. Okay. 
That's fair. That's just an idea. Yeah, I Let's like say you can have the loser pay for it and the second loser cover the tip. That's interesting, too. Yeah, I like and that. And the winner eats and drinks for free. I'm yeah, down. I'm, I'm down. I'll do it. We'll, do we'll, we'll, we'll workshop it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure out some kind of <laughs> payment for the, That's a good for the winner. One. But we'll, we'll keep a record. So... I don't... Hold on, let me put him in front of me again. So we have three matchups that are relatively close based on current projections. I will go to the one that I guess is least close, most furthest away. And that's surprisingly Rogers versus Josh. We spoke about the trade with, with Z, and he's playing week one, so that's yeah. huge for Josh's lineup. I don't know how many times Josh is going to be projected 146 in the next six weeks with, without Zeke there, but... You got to think this is a prime time for possibly a Rogers Week One upset, and he's projected to go undefeated. And he's projected to win here, but it's not crazy that you know Dak has not played well against the Giants. In both those games, he played very poorly, and one was during their hot streak, and it was like a ten to seven game. So the Giants have improved their defense. I don't think it's crazy they shut down Prescott. Zeke can still get his numbers because yeah. you can't it, you can't can only contain so much. So I think Zeke still gets his. But I think it's going to come down to the quarterbacks, and I think Dak can get held to maybe 10 fantasy points, unfortunately. and Which hurts Witten, too. And, and it hurts Witten, and he's going to, I think he's going to go with Brady in the kind of the revenge, you know, first game back, Super Bowl. But if he went with Breeze in a dome versus Minnesota, it's a, that's where Breeze thrives is in a dome. So I honestly think it's going to come down to that quarterback play. With the rest of their position players, obviously besides running back, being pretty close, I mean, Obviously, Duke Johnson and Bell don't compare, but Zeke and David Johnson arguably do, and the rest of the lineups, you know, the projections show it, are, are kind of close. So do you do you see a possibility of Josh upsetting the defending champion? I see it. I don't think it'll happen, but I see it. Um, I think that Rodgers' flexes are better. Um, I think his RB2 is better, or his wide receiver 2 is better. Interesting that he's uh, benching TY. Didn't even know that going into that luck conversation. Mm, yeah. Um, I think this could be close. I'm going to give advantage to Rodgers here. I'm going to pick Rodgers. Um, but it could definitely be close. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the same page. I, I think I think Rodgers is going to win. I think he'll win by like 10 points. It's unfortunate that Zeke is back for week one and then he has to play Rodgers. He has to pay Rod- yeah. to play Rodgers. I'm also going to go Rodgers. I didn't even see Rivers as playing Denver, so that's yeah. probably why he's going Dak. Yeah. I mean, Rodgers seems really strong. And this, this is only the second time Bell has ever played week one. I just heard that stat. Really? Yeah. That that's weird? ridiculous. Yeah. So, I think he'll he'll come out showing he wants to be paid. Yeah. Should be paid. Play a little chip on his shoulder. Um, and you know we usually don't see consistent top running backs. It kind of alters. So let's see with how David Johnson comes back from just an unprecedented year. So, but I I would agree. I would still go with Rodgers. But God, I would hope that'd be cool if Josh can pull off this this week one upset. It'd be big. Be very big. Uh, the next one, see the the projections are close for now, only because Mike currently is IDP list, but he will have to pick one up. Is Mike versus Rob, and this is I, I will say mostly due to a lot of unfortunate circumstances for Mike. The hurricane has made him have to bench Jai. Um, he can't play Jaquiz Rogers. That is IDP, Quan Alexander. Yeah, is IDP, and he can't play Sneed. So he's a little depleted right now. I don't think at all Josh... I mean, I don't think at all Rob has a better team than Mike. They're projected within one point before he adds an IDP, so say eight points. Um, another time where someone's right for the picking. Do, do you see the Rob possible upset? 
I don't. I'm still going with um, with Dooch here. Um, interesting that I just noticed this too. I don't know if you mentioned this just now, but Rob's IDP is postponed. Oh, he probably doesn't even realize. No. You gotta let him know. Okay, so the, the projections will still be within the same range. Yeah. About one point. I'm actually going to go with, with Rob, and we're, mm-hmm. we're going further into the, you know, into the matchups. And Big Ben's awful on the road. His home and away splits are night and day, and he doesn't always play well, play well against Cleveland. As much as you want to give Cleveland slack about he being doesn't. terrible, no, he they... doesn't play well against them, especially away. ODB might be banged up. How much are they actually going to use him? He's probably going to suit up, but do they use him as how they've used Julio in the past as just a decoy out there? I I can see Rob pulling the upset here, especially with, like we said, Brady could come out hot. I think Cook's going to have a monster week one game without Edelman there. So I'm going to go with the slight upset, not the, the, the favorite, and I'm going to pick Rob this week. Okay, I respect that. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Dooch. Eric? I'm doing the same thing. I'm sticking with Dooch. Um... Uh, don't have to worry about Miles Garrett rushing the edge. Um, we have some pass rushers, but none as none as good as Garrett, in my opinion. Unless Jamie Collins comes up and has a big game, um, I think AB is going to torch us. It's going to be uh, sad to watch. You think? Yeah. And the final matchup, which I guess technically isn't the closest anymore. I thought it was by default because of the IDPs, but yeah. you versus Kojak, and you said it earlier in the in the podcast. This is what you think is your only chance to win. I don't agree. Confirmed. But. They're only giving Kojak a 55% favorite. This would have been 80% had he not made all these trades. Oh, absolutely. So it's funny what a couple trades can do. But I haven't looked at your matchups yet, but Eric, are you feeling confident? You're only projected five points is nothing. No, it's it's nothing. Um, I, I also have Rawls in there too. He's still projected points, but I think he's ruled out for week one. Um, so I, I have to make a decision on who I want to start, and I don't really want to start Kenyon Drake, but it's looking more and more like Kenyon Drake's mood. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have to start. Ooh, it's a great question. Let's Yeldon. find this. Who am I going to have to Yeldon? start? Oh, I'm no. I'm going to have to start Yeldon. I'm going to have to start TJ Yeldon. Or right. D'Angelo, D'Angelo Henderson. Henderson. Th- those are not the two guys you really want to have to start, but it looks like those are going to be my guys that I have to start. You know, I was thinking about picking you, but I didn't know the Rawls could not play week no, one. No, yeah, I can't pick myself anymore. That's upsetting. I, w- I was going to pick myself as well. Um, yeah, I have to pick Kojak. I, I can't really start TJ Eldon and expect uh, some positive reviews there. Uh, the re- the most recent roto from today is Rawls is practicing in full for week one against the Packers. Oh, so, look at that. Um, yeah. I'm going to take you in this matchup. Because you know what? Sometimes you got to pick the upset. <laughs> and it's not even that much of an upset. It's like a, within five points. So, I'm picking you. I'm going to go with Kojak just because I think the projections are slightly skewed. Cause I just don't see Lockett putting up 11 points. But it wouldn't surprise... That's why you're the you know one of the three premier matchups. I hope you win. As much as I want to see you come in last and actually fulfill a punishment because you deserve it. Um... I don't know. You know what? I'm, I'm going to change. I get, I'm going to change to myself. I get t- I get torn between wanting to see you in last and like kind of rooting for you at the same time. It's 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 fun. It's like the Browns. I want I like when you're happy with the Browns win because it's just funny. Yeah. But then losing like horrifically is also <laughs> just hilarious. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna change to myself. I gotta gotta ride with Daddy. All right, so I'm gonna go with Kojak, Rogers, and Rob. And you're you're going with I'm, yourself. I'm going with myself, Rogers, and Dooch. Going with Eric, Rogers, and Dooch. So we got some yeah, differences Chad. here. There you go. Oh, you guys put the same thing? 
Yeah, fuck you guys. All right. Well. All right. Um, I'm very excited for week one. I don't know. I can't stress it enough, to be honest. I'm literally leaving work early tomorrow just to come home and watch. I'm going to get a big thing of wings. That's amazing. Are we just doing, we're doing apartment things tomorrow? Yeah. I'm yeah, for probably. Things. All right, cool. Yeah, no, apartment cool things sound great. If you get if you, any of you guys are around, come through to 4C. We'll be uh, doing apartment things. And then when you listen to this, you'll have already seen hopefully the WordPress up. Eric mentioned it early in the episode, so we're gonna so what we're gonna do is we're kind of like copying ESPN style a little bit, but we're making our own thing. We already made it funnier than they ever had. Didn't it? Yeah. Thanks to Chad. So we have the the preseason power rankings, which was averaged by us, and then we'll give week to week power rankings. So we're not gonna always like take our averages and redo them. Obviously, like the ESPN power rankings, if Eric were to win week one and Rodgers loses, Eric isn't better than Rodgers. I might be. So, you know, we're going to be reasonable and move it probably the most one or two spots throughout, unless someone suffers a huge injury. But it'll be a fun thing to do throughout the week, write little blurbs and kind of keep the blog alive. And I think what we also want to do, if anyone cares, which we couldn't put another side wager on this, is go through all the bets. We're not going to do it on here because that'd be boring. And just pick our bets we have a lot to to look over we have some that we're invested in so we obviously know what side we're picking on those but let's just see how we do there's probably like 20 or so bets some made probably when if you look back on now the person may have not made that bet like the booker bet yeah of course just different bets you wouldn't have made at the time but we'll still weigh on them before the season starts and see what we think i just realized my zeke bet might still be on the table that's right Mm -hmm. what was that again it was he would have more fantasy points than he did last year, but the it was the, the clause he can't miss any games. Yeah, uh, okay. So technically, he's it's it's on. Best of luck to you, man. Thank you, man. Awesome. Well, I think I think that's gonna do it for for this episode of the Elite Dynasty podcast. I'm very excited for next week. Like I said, moving forward, we're gonna go over the news and notes, um, go over the matchups of the week and anything else notable. And I'm excited. Like I said, we're moving into fantasy actual season. We we finally made it to actual fantasy season. We did it. Um, Chad, would you like to hit him with the social media? At Elite Dynasty Pod, you already know what it is. You do already know what it is. And just give me give me a little shout-out at EFE40 on Twitter. Stop. No one's ever tweeted you. They might. Maybe Sammy Watkins does this time. I finally got I'm going to tweet at him. All right. Everyone have a great night. I'm going to tweet at Sammy Watkins. And get excited. We have real football and more episodes to come. Football's back. Peace.